Hello everybody, this is Salil Tripathi from the Institute for Human Rights and Business. I'm in New Delhi, the capital of India, at the Oxfam Learning Workshop, and I'm talking now with Deepika Rao, who is a program director at an organization called CIVIDEP, which is based in Bangalore, the town which is now known as Bengaluru, and which works on workers' rights. One of the issues that we were talking about, Deepika, and I wanted to know more about, was the gender dimension in the garment and textile industry. And specifically what I wanted to know about was the conditions in which the women live, because you were saying that they have accommodation being provided by companies. Can you tell us what, what is it like? So Bangalore is home to about a conservative estimate of, say, 5 lakh workers. That's 500,000, 500, yeah. 500,000 workers. And 80% of these workers who form the lowest tier of stitching the clothes, that are, they are the operators of the stitching machines, they are women. From our estimates, over the last 10 years, there have been about, say, 30 to 50,000 migrant workers. Migrant from, workers from within India? From within India, but from long distances. Right. So north and northeastern states of India, which are poorer, so they come towards the richer southern India to work in the factories here. Uh, they are a mixed population. Uh, you can say a large number of them, maybe uh, just 50 or over 50% of them are men, but a large number of them are also young women. They make a three or four day journey across the length of India to reach the factories that they come to work for with just a very small, say, a two-month training, technical training on how to operate the machine, right. uh, things like that. And they come here and they start working over here. Vulnerabilities... Uh, associated with this group of workers is that one is that they are really young it's a very so what what age group are we talking about with the documents that they have to show us they show that they are all above 18 years old we know for a fact that many of them are younger than 18 they just have the official documents to uh, prove that they are over 18 18 to 25 mm -hmm. is what we've seen it's very rare for us and to they're see all unmarried i presume unmarried young girls and on their own their families are in other states yes, right yes. But they come with this large group of people from the same village and then they stick around with this group because that is the survival uh, mechanism that right. they use to uh, navigate this big bad city of Bangalore. So one one vulnerability that they're really young, they're, they're hardly aware of their rights, their gender rights, their labor rights, they're not aware of their entitlements, they're not aware of whom they could reach out to help for. They have no social outlets or capital in, mm -hmm. in the city in Bangalore, no social support at all. Most of them belong to scheduled tribe communities, again, uh, a very vulnerable. These population. are ethnic groups within India which have been described as scheduled under the Indian laws. Yes, yeah. that's correct. So they make this really long journey across India which and to a completely new culture, which can almost, it, it seems like a different country entirely. Mm -hmm. The language is alien, the culture is alien, the people look different. And so this makes them a very vulnerable population. This added to the fact that that India is a very patriarchal society. Their families let them go with a very uh, sort of a reluctant caution that they be kept safe. And that translates in Bangalore to being kept captive. Tell me captive. more, what does it mean being captive? So migrant men mostly are brought here. They have all the vulnerabilities that I just described, that the women, that they do not have the social support and they don't know the language and all that. But they are not seen to be needing the kind of protection that the, that the women are seen to be needing. So they, they make their own life. They rent out their own apartments. They mingle with the crowd and they live on their own in the city. 
the women are kept in company controlled hostels in bangalore so are they on the premises of the factory or are they outside no i mean the factories would like them to be on the premises that kind of uh, would translate to a very captive workforce mm. but bangalore is a city with n- not a lot of space to offer for that so that's why they have rented apartment or rented building maybe a kilometer or two away and we have also come to know in our research that these women they are kept under a watch when they walk from the hostel to the factory and the factory to the hostel so it's walking distance they, they don't have to they they walk because right. otherwise they have to spend their own so there are no there's no pub government um, company supported bus system or anything like that company supported bus systems are for workers living further away so the workers living close by they would prefer to walk and are those safe regions to walk they are safe uh, the worker communities the other workers also live around the factory so they are the worker communities they are safe areas to walk but it's just that that they are not allowed to or they don't have the space to mingle with the local population at all so how is it enforced what happens do they can they go to the market to do their shopping can they go to see a film no in these company controlled hostels they have a security guard and a warden and this warden even if it's a female local person she would keep a watch on the movements of the workers and they are only allowed as much time as they need to buy groceries on the way back from the factory no more time than that and not even on weekends on weekends they are allowed out for 2 hours that's that's all the time mm-hmm. that they get the logic behind this they say is to protect the women because they need to be kept safe and anyone can make fool of them or they can be taken for a ride they, they can, can be attacked sexually and yes exactly so all those issues can uh, arise and that is why they need but is that a real threat or is it a perceived threat it's a perceived threat it is a threat uh, i mean it is something that the companies do uh, something that they think they can just quickly take care of this issue of the girl's safety without really caring about how this keeping them captive is affecting their mental health and their personal uh, well-being so what happens to attrition how long do these women stay in these jobs do they leave i mean after 6 months they are frustrated and yes. leave yes we've seen that very often most of these young girls they do not stay beyond a year okay. so after a year they are so let down because they've also been made false promises they've given been given false hopes of how a life in bangalore would be and they come and discover it's not they uh, there are deductions from their salaries for everything that they have have that mattresses utensils gas groceries stuff everything that they need to uh, set up a life in bangalore that is deducted from their already low salaries and um, they are not told about what entitlements they have which they should receive if they leave the job so many of them we see is after a year they leave they let go of all entitlements like provident fund which they have contributed towards or the gratuity or any other thing that they should be availing of and they go back to their homes without taking all those benefits so they don't move to an other better paying jobs or anything like that no. are those options available no that's what because they do not have the sufficient networks mm-hmm. to be able to navigate and move to another the local workers do that when they're not happy with a the factory they move to another factory but the migrant workers they come in a group and sometimes they get stuck with that group till that group decides to go back because mm-hmm. they can't make the journey back by themselves and then they go back to the village and it's a circular migration so after a few months they realize there isn't much livelihood they come back to bangalore so that's how it and what are the wages like you said they're low so what is yes it's it's the minimum wages that which would mean skilled that's maybe around 6000 rupees a 6, month 6000 rupees would mean about uh, $70 a month 
They're about yeah. seventy to eighty dollars. Yeah. That's yeah. about yeah. yeah. Okay, and these garments are of course then manufactured and exported to Europe yes. and the U.S. and all that. Yes. So in terms of activism and trying to improve situation, what are the specific things that you have done or you would like companies to do? Uh, so since we started working with this uh, group of workers, it was first of all very difficult for us to access them for research. But we, over the period of two, two and a half years, we were able to do that. And then we have been able to get them to become members of the union, which now involves them in various training programs and awareness building programs that they anyway hold for their local workers. So that is one intervention. We have been uh, in touch with the companies, with the brands that buy from these companies which own these hostels. And after our report on the living and working conditions of these migrants was published, we also invited them for a multi-stakeholder consultation. And there, our report got some media attention. And so that's why the brands quickly took it up and within themselves have decided to come up with guidelines for hostels which the factory has to follow if they have migrant workers. So the brands have been somewhat receptive, but not the local companies yet. Yes, not the local companies so much because for them it is just extra work that they have to do. To what extent is the perception that the women are unsafe justified? And also the other question parallel to that is that do they face sexual bullying or violence in the workplace itself or in the hospital itself? So answering your first question, the perception of threat, it's uh, sort of with goes with every new place that you would, anyone right. would migrate to. But we all as migrants have dealt with that, uh, given some sort of a support system. So if we give the migrant workers information about uh, where they can go and whom they can approach in case of issues, if they have some basic knowledge of the culture, the people, the language, and what they can expect and uh, give them contacts of some labor support organizations. Let labor support organizations also approach them. And if there is some such sort of an interaction with their environment, I think that would be a much safer and a more sustainable sort of a solution than just keeping them captivated. And by the end of the year, they are so frustrated and they are so depressed that they go back and then after a few months they're back again so that it does not make sense either for the company which have huge attrition rates and neither for the workers themselves and about sexual harassment within the garment industry that's very very rampant there has been a very comprehensive report on Bangalore itself where the statistics are really shocking with the number of uh, women who have uh, undergone sexual harassment of some kind so uh, that threat is very real and when this sort of uh, isolation happens of migrant workers when they're not able to open up to anyone at all about these issues then this threat is even higher so Mm -hmm. we have had in the past group complaints where the security guard or the warden where some of these wardens have been men in the past i see have uh, yeah have come out and what would be the two or three things you would like consumers or uh, the brands themselves to do yes so f- be aware that there are migrant workers the have the number of migrant workers that work in uh, the companies and then where are they living what are the living conditions because those also become the responsibility of the brand that is something that we have been working on we have also asked for open access to these hostels Mm -hmm. so you know NGOs like ours or the trade unions should be able to access the workers and it shouldn't be so difficult to if if this is for their own safety uh, it's kind of counterintuitive how how these things right 
and we have been going around on speaker tours to various consumer consumer countries and speaking about these issues about violence against women in the uh, supply chain and also against migrant workers especially the very vulnerable population of migrant workers so that's what we have been doing now there is this other movement across india called pinjra tour which is you know to not see the hostel as an as a prison yes. but the fact that you break the cage which is what the word means uh, is there a similar kind of uh, restiveness within this community i mean are the, do these workers demand it is there local leadership emerging from that the workers that we've been in touch with uh they are not aware of these movements uh, they uh, that that is obvious it, it these movements of pinjra pinjra tod have uh, been limited to uh, educated women and yeah, uh, college hostels, hostels yes college hostels but these women themselves do not come with that understanding that they have any rights in a workplace I at see. all they all come from agrarian mm-hmm. backgrounds and first time industrial workers with low education levels and so that awareness is lacking but we have seen that uh, this was the condition of local workers like maybe a decade back in bangalore but with a lot of you know awareness building campaigns rallies and a lot of work put in by the local trade unions the, the awareness levels have risen where the reason why migrant workers are coming in is because the local workers don't want to work in such mm-hmm. atrocious conditions anymore so then we have seen that leaders have emerged from there with my migrant workers this process is a, a few years behind mm. and it will take some time to catch up but it will get there if if there is some sustained work in that thank you very much sipika and i know it's difficult task ahead but you are doing great work thank you so much thank indeed